So glad that you are here with us today. We have a lot to get through because... We are wrapping up our series in the book of Proverbs today, and um, we don't have time for a lot of stories. We don't have a lot of time to be funny to get through this. We just got to jump in and go. Are you ready to do this? All right, so if you have your Bible, open up to Proverbs chapter 31. That's where we are going to be uh, this morning, Proverbs chapter 31. We need to spend a few minutes in reviewing a few things because the things that we review here are going to be very important as we move along. The first thing that we need to remember is that Proverbs is a part of a a, a distinct genre of literature within the Bible. Does anyone remember? If if you don't remember, it's going to hurt my feelings. Does anyone remember what that distinct genre is? Thank you so much. Wisdom literature, that's right. It's part of the wisdom literature in the Bible, and Proverbs says, and we're thinking back to all the way uh, when we began our series together uh, through Proverbs, but in Proverbs, Proverbs starts with uh, an idea like, okay, what am I trying to say? Here is where wisdom starts. Where does Proverbs say wisdom starts? The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Remember that. That's going to become important for us. Now, uh, we're going to throw up a slide for you here. This is the uh, uh, outline, the rough outline of uh, the book of Proverbs. You see at the very beginning, the first few verses kind of serve as the table of contents or maybe the thesis statement for the entire book, and that's where we learn that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. After that, the first nine chapters, I guess the first eight and a half chapters or so, we meet these two people. We meet Madam uh, Folly and Lady Wisdom. Now, uh, Madam Folly and Lady Wisdom are personifications of wisdom and folly. And, and, and they're both calling out. So Lady Wisdom is calling out in, in, in the streets for those who want wisdom to follow her. And likewise, Madam Folly is also calling out, but those that, uh, that listen to her temptations, it's really clear. The end result is the grave. So those who listen to Madam Folly, the end result is the grave. Then you see we move into sort of the the major part of the book of Proverbs, which is like we actually get into the Proverbs in the book of Proverbs. And um, what we saw in that section is that it's kind of like a smattering of uh, seemingly unorganized um, Proverbs. And so what we did is we took the high points and we, we saw what the book of Proverbs says about these different things, and we, that's what we've been doing the past number of weeks, walking through that. You see, at the end of the book, Proverbs chapter 30 is a little bit different. Really, um, uh, once we started digging into it, it really does fit more with Proverbs 10 to 29, but the book ends with something very distinct. Proverbs chapter 31, it is really quite distinct from the rest of the book, and... Um, In Proverbs 31, this is where we are landing our series together. And in Proverbs 31, it is the um, sayings of King Lemuel and the wisdom that he received from his mother. Now, we don't know who King Lemuel was. Maybe he was a a king who was very wise that Solomon learned from, and and since he learned so much from Lemuel, maybe he he recorded that like that. Maybe King Lemuel was someone who came along after and and personified or characterized uh, Solomonic wisdom, and so it was added by a later editor. We're not really sure. I even came across one guy who said that uh, King Lemuel was the pet name that Solomon's mom had for him. Now... I didn't find that incredibly convincing, but someone actually thought that. In Proverbs 31, the first nine verses, the whole thing is really the wisdom that he's received from his mother, but especially the first nine verses consist of 
um, the, the wisdom that his mom told to him, and you can sum it up like this. We don't have time to really camp down on it because we have so much else to cover, but, but here's how you can summarize the wisdom that, that King Lemuel's mom uh, had for him. Are you ready? She said, listen, my son, that listen is really important. Listen, my son, don't spend your strength on wine or women. Don't spend your strength on wine or women. Now, this guy was a king. His life needed to mean something. He didn't have the kind of life that, that could be wasted because he need, his people needed him to, like, needed his life to mean something. So if you don't want to waste your life, don't spend your strength on wine or women. Now, you know what the interesting thing is? If you look especially at what the culture says to especially young men, and by the way, who is... Who is, is uh, Proverbs primarily written to? Do you remember? Young men, right? Now that doesn't mean that the rest of us can't gain wisdom from that anymore. But the first audience is young men. And, and what does the, the larger culture around us say to young men? If you look at sports podcasts or movies or television shows or the lyrics of popular songs or social media, the main message, especially to young men, yes, to everyone else true too, but especially to, to young men, the message is you will find the meaning of life in substances and sex. That's where the meaning of life consists. Is it any wonder that we're such a mess? We think we are so much more advanced than these people thousands of years ago. We think because we have better technology or more advanced technology, we think they, they didn't know anything. We know so much more now in this very simple thing we don't have down. If, you're, if you want your life to have meaning, don't spend your strength on sex and substances. All right, we could preach about that more, but we got to get going into the rest of the chapter, Proverbs chapter 31. So verses 10 all the way down to verse 31 is a very distinct section where it is talking about, it's a study of the noble, excellent, virtuous, or valiant woman, the Proverbs 31 woman. Now, when I was in Bible school, you know what all the guys did? All the guys were walking around going, I'm just looking for a Proverbs 31 woman. That's all I want. That's what every, every dude said in Bible college. I just want a Proverbs 31 woman. Um, there's a, a significant uh, uh, ministry out of the United, United States called Proverbs 31 Ministries, and it's a, it's a women's ministry, okay? Um, this is all about the, um, the Proverbs 31 woman, the, the woman of valor or the woman of virtue. A couple things we need to know about this before we jump into it. The first thing we need to know before we jump in is that it doesn't, this is not clear in English, but in the original language, this is an acrostic poem. What's an acrostic? Who knows what an acrostic is? Help me out. It's non-rhyming, non yeah. Everyone's like, uh. Right, so it starts, it's alphabetical, right? So the first, I mean, it doesn't show in English, but the first line starts with A, the second line starts with B, third line starts with C, so it's, a, it's an acrostic poem. The other thing is, it's not just an acrostic poem, it's a chiastic poem. Now, we've talked about chiasms before, just very briefly. Chiasms were the basic form of Hebrew poetry. Now, for us in English, um, what is the basic form of, of poetry? You rhyme the end of the line, right? The last word in the line rhymes. 
And as soon as you hear that, we all immediately go, oh, that's poetry. So roses are red, violets are blue, sugar is sweet, and so are you. I'm looking at that. As soon as we hear that rhyme, we're like, oh, that's poetry. Well, for the ancient Hebrews, the chiasm was the basic uh, form of poetry. So not only is what we're going to read, not only is it an acrostic, it's also a chiasm, which it's just bookends, right? It's just the first and the last thing are connected. Then the second thing and the second last thing are connected. And it bookends its way in. And the, whatever happens in the middle, that's either the most important thing or that's where the turn is, okay? So, so not only is what we're going to read an acrostic, it's also a chiasm. Not only that, there are chiasms within the chiasm. In other words, a lot of this is not going to like pop immediately in English, but what you need to know is that this that we're going to read in a second here is a stunning, unbelievably sophisticated work of art. The type of art, I'm not sure we could pull this off today. I know I couldn't. This is an unbelievably sophisticated, beautiful work of art. Okay, we don't have much time. Proverbs chapter 31, starting in verse 10. I was going to get my beautiful wife to come up and read about the, the woman of virtue, but she's uh, uh, got a little tickle in her throat, so I won't make her do that. So you have to listen to the dude talk about the wife of noble character, which seems weird, but here's, here, are we ready to go? Okay, um, as always... The past couple weeks haven't been like this because we've been bouncing all over the scripture, but if you come to Blue Water, having your own copy of God's word open in front of you is so, so important. Proverbs 31, starting in verse 10. A wife of noble character, who can find? She is worth far more than rubies. Her husband has full confidence in her and lacks nothing of value. She brings him good, not harm, all the days of her life. She selects wool and flax and works with eager hands. She is like the merchant ships bringing her food from afar. She gets up while it's still night. She provides food for her family and portions for her female servants. She considers a field and buys it. Out of her earnings, she plants a vineyard. She sets about her work vigorously. Her arms are strong for her tasks. She sees that her trading is profitable. Her lamp does not go out at night. In her hand, she holds the distaff. She grasps the spindle with her fingers. So she's making yarn or thread or rope. Verse 20. She opens her arms to the poor and extends her hands to the needy. When it snows, she has no fear for her household, for all of them are clothed in scarlet. She makes coverings for her bed. She is clothed in fine linen and purple. Her husband is respected at the city gate, where he takes his seat among the elders of the land. She makes linen garments and sells them, supplies the merchants with sashes. She is clothed with strength and dignity. She can laugh at the days to come. She speaks with wisdom, and faithful instruction is on her tongue. She watches over the affairs of her household, and she does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children arise and call her blessed. Her husband also, and he praises her. Many women do noble things, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceptive, and beauty is fleeting, but the woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Honor her for all that her hands have done, and let her works bring her praise at the city gate. Okay, so there is the 
Proverbs 31 woman, the first thing we need to ask, the first question we need to ask is, who is this? <laughs> who is this person? And this is the first question that I asked when I started my study, um, because some people have different ideas about who this is. Some people will say that this is um, um, King Lemuel's mother. This is a, 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 a portrait of this actual physical person. Someone will, some will say, uh, probably most people would say that no, that's not, it's not an actual person. This is a model of, of, the, of, of uh, who a noble and uh, excellent woman is. This is a, 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 not an actual person, but a model of a person. Some people, and I'll be completely honest, I came to my study thinking that actually, you know who this is? Actually, this is Lady Wisdom. Remember Lady Wisdom that we talked about from earlier? This is, the Proverbs 31 woman is actually Lady Wisdom. Now, when I started studying this week, I arrived at a conclusion that I didn't find that anyone else arrived at, which probably means I'm wrong. But you know who I think this is? I think this is actually a composite of a model, ideal, actual wife and Lady Wisdom. I think it's a composite of both of those two together. Now, there are reasons why I think that. There are clues in the text, but we don't have time to talk about that. We need to sort of jump right in. The next thing we need to look at is she is introduced in our translation as the wife of noble character. Some translations will say an excellent wife. Others will say a valorous wife, which is an interesting term. And the reason why there's all these different translations is because the word that describes this lady is actually a military term. You know that? It's used to describe, for example, a general who is leading his troops into battle. He's dressed different, and he conducts himself different. And even the enemy looks at that guy and goes, oh, there is something different about him. That's what it's pointing out to this lady. Everyone looks at her and can immediately see, oh man, there is something different about this lady. My daughter Gracie is... Uh, is a bit of an artist. It's, it's interesting because it seemed like overnight she went from um, drawing and painting these pictures that you put on your fridge, but not because they're any good, but because your kid made it for you. Parents, you know what I'm talking about. It seemed like overnight she went from doing that to like, like drawing these pictures. I was like, oh my goodness, this is like really impressive. I couldn't draw like this, that's for sure. And uh, when she was in that process, she would, she would bring up a, a, a picture on her phone or on our phone or whatever, and she would be looking at it, and then she would be drawing, kind of copying what's there. Now, she doesn't have to just copy anymore, um, but, but that's an important step in the process of becoming a good artist, right? So she was copying what was going on there, and so it was so interesting because she would have her, her model, the thing that she was 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 imitating right here and then she would have her thing that she was working on right here and you could just see her eyes just going back and forth back and forth looking from the model to to the thing that she was creating and hey how does this line up does this look the same and that's kind of the picture that we have with the proverbs 31 woman she serves adam as a model and and i would say since I think she is at least in composite lady wisdom. It's not just for wisdom for ladies. This is wisdom for all of us. 
And one of the reasons why it's so important for us to keep looking back to the wisdom that we have uh, for us in Proverbs is so that we can have that model. So we keep looking at the wisdom that's outlined for us in Proverbs, then we look at our life and we look back and forth and how is my life lining up with the wisdom here? Now, one of the arguments that's made that this is a composite uh, woman or that this is a model woman and not an actual woman is because people look at that and they say, come on, there is no real way that one person can do all these things. When we read through that just a few minutes ago, did you think that? There's no way that one person can do all this. Well, if we're being honest, for those of us who um, have determined that we're going to become experts on social media, take a look at your screen time on your phone and see how much time you spend on social media, and whether that's the requisite amount of time for you to become an expert in it, or for those of us who have decided that we are going to become incredibly conversant in the current season of The Bachelor. Is The Bachelor even a thing anymore? I just, it's not. So pick some other current show then. Or for those of us who I am convinced that some of us are determined to finish Netflix. We're just gonna watch it all. For those of us that have chosen to spend our time that way, yeah, no kidding you're not gonna be able to do all of these things that this lady is doing. But for those of us who are determined, well, okay, you know what I'm saying. What we see from this lady is that she is just astonishingly, surprisingly competent. Isn't that the word that just perfectly describes her? She is just so amazingly competent. Now, some of us are going to struggle with some of what's said because it flies in the face of a lot of what we have learned from other sources. So for example, look at verses 11 and 12. Some of us are going to read this, well, let's read it together, 11 and 12. Her husband has full confidence in her and lacks nothing of value. She brings him good, not harm, all the days of her life. Some of us will look at this and go, it's the patriarchy. Watch out for the patriarchy. Look how her value is connected only to, only in, she only has value in connection with her husband. Well, that's not what's going on there. And that's not really even a good understanding of family. When a family is formed, one of the significant things that happens is my thing has to be put to the side so that our thing can step to the fore. So no, her value doesn't come from her husband any more than her husband's value comes from her. But as part of, her, as part of a family, her priorities have changed. Did you see that? Her priorities are not her thing getting done in this world. She is looking to provide for, to serve her family in first. And that's part of what it is to be part of a thriving, successful family. She is just so competent. She's not a victim. She doesn't suffer from self-loathing. She's not trapped in narcissism, thinking that the world is all about her. She's not trapped in unhealthy personal ambition. I just got to get my thing done in this world. What I want is what needs to happen. She is just so astoundingly competent. Notice, she's able to work with her hands. She's able to earn money for her family and then invest it. Um, even her competence um, 
is such that her husband does not need to wear himself out trying to keep up with her spending habits. She makes sure that her family has what they need. She has that distinctly Christian work ethic that we talked about a couple weeks ago. It's not just her family either. Look how, look what she does for the community. Look at verse 20. Verse 20 says, she opens her arms to the poor and extends her hands to the needy. So she not only loves and serves her family, she loves and serves her community. Look at verse 23. Her husband is respected at the city gate where he takes his seat among the elders of the land. Now what you need to know is that the city gate was kind of like town hall in the ancient Middle East, all right? So if you, uh, first of all, the, the elders of the community would be hanging out at the city gate and if you had a business deal that you needed ratified, you would bring it to the city gate and the elders would, would sign it or would, would make sure that it, um, that it was like locked in stone, right? It would, they would seal it. If you had a disagreement that you needed adjudicated, you would bring the, the disagreement to the city gate and the elders would, would, would be there and they would judge between the situation and determine um, what was just that needed to happen. So this lady is so competent that it even, her husband even benefits from her competence. You've heard that old saying, right? That behind every successful man is a surprised wife. <laughs> is that how that goes? No, no, it's behind every successful man is a supportive, incompetent wife. So listen, I didn't marry a perfect lady, and Val didn't marry a perfect man. But what we eventually figured out, it took us way, way longer to figure this out than I hope it takes you, but we eventually figured out is that in order to have a successful family, definitionally, definitionally, both partners need to put aside their thing for our thing. You know what I haven't seen for a long time? I, I haven't seen anybody do a three-legged race. Do they do three-legged races anymore? Who's, who remembers doing a three-legged race at some picnic or something? You know what it is, right? So a three-legged race, you get, a, a, you get into pairs. And uh, so if Val and I were doing a three-legged race, she would get right here beside me and we would tie our legs together and we would have to run to the finish line with your leg bound together. But because your leg's bound together, you gotta work together to make it happen, right? Now, since we're married, we are bound together far more tightly than in any three-legged race. But if we're using that as an example, if we're trying to run this race and I'm trying to go this way and she's trying to go that way, it's gonna be a disaster. Similarly, if we're aiming for the, the same endpoint, but one of us is moving at a different speed or a different pace than the other one, it's still going to be a disaster. The only way that this can be successful is if we trade me for we. And that is how successful families work. And this is what the wisdom is coming to us from Proverbs 31. And the temptation is for us to go, oh, we know so much more now than they did then. Do we? Do we? Our marriages are so successful. We are the model for all history because we are so successful in our marriages. Half of them that don't last. We are a model with how our families do so well no, we don't. 
we have no room to be using our marriages or families as a model for anyone, yet here's this wisdom. We need to trade me for we so that together we move forward. Okay, I, I'm getting, the preacher's getting preaching. We gotta keep going, we got no time. You know what I'm saying. Look at verse 25. She is clothed with strength and dignity. She can laugh at the days to come. This is not a weak person. This is not a person that is overcome by anxiety about the, the, the future. She, can, she is so certain, not in her own competence, she is so certain because she trusts the Lord that she can actually look at the days to come and not fear, not be anxious. She can laugh at the days to come. Do you trust the Lord? Are, do you trust him such that you can laugh at the days to come? Look at verse 26 to 29. She speaks with wisdom and faithful instruction is on her tongue. She watches over the affairs of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. I love this, verse 28. Her children arise and call her blessed. Her, her, her husband also, and he praises her. Many women do noble things, but you surpass them all. One of the things that is so damaging that I've seen as a pastor, and it saddens me every time I see it, is when husbands and wives get into this cycle where um, they, they, um, they, they, they chip away at their spouse. So she'll be hanging out with all of her friends, and all they will talk about is, is how disappointed they are in their husbands. And he's hanging out with his buddies in the garage and they're just talking about how lame their wife is and you think, you think your wife's bad, listen to this, right? Don't be that person. Don't chip away at your spouse. Everyone knows that you didn't marry a perfect person. You don't need to confirm that for them. Arise and call him blessed. Arise and honor her when you speak about her. Don't chip away and confirm what everyone knows already, that they're not perfect. Always speak well of your spouse. Look at verse 30 as we're flying to the end here. Charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. This is wisdom. Charm and beauty seem good right at the front. Charm and beauty seem awesome right at the front, but they don't last. They don't wear well. Charm and beauty, this is what Madame Folly brings to the table. And if we follow her, what we find is that it's not awesome for sure. It's all about character. Now, my buddy Jamie told me one time, I didn't know this before he told me, but um, if, you're, if you're trying to fish, and I've done a fair amount of fishing in my life, but if you're trying to fish for a bottom feeder type of fish, you have to use a different type of bait than you would use for fishing for a different type of fish. And I heard someone say once that um, the type of fish that you catch is largely determined by the type of bait that you use. So if you are looking to catch a bottom feeder type of person, 
then there's a certain type of bait that you should use. If you are looking to catch someone who has character, it's a whole different set of bait that you are going to use. And notice where Proverbs 31 ends. It ends right where it started. It says, the woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Now, why do I say it ends right where it started? Because at the very beginning, you, write, you might remember the very first thing out of the shoot that, that Proverbs said was the fear of the Lord is what? It's the beginning of wisdom. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Now, if this Proverbs 31 woman is actually Lady Wisdom, look at that last line in verse 30 again. A woman being Lady Wisdom who fears the Lord is to be praised. In other words, it starts with the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and it ends with the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Okay, we're over time, so how do we wrap this series up? Let's wrap this series up by, I wanna uh, point you to 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 22 to 25. We'll throw it on the screen for you. Here's what the Apostle Paul wrote. He said, Jews demand signs, and Greeks look for wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to Jews and foolishness to Gentiles. But to those whom God has called, both Jews and Greeks, listen to this, Christ is the power of God and the wisdom of God. For the foolishness of God is wiser than human wisdom and the weakness of God is stronger than human strength. So we want to end this series by pointing us to something that we've been saying all along. Jesus is the wisdom of God. And if you walk out of here hearing nothing this morning, what I hope you hear is that Jesus is the wisdom of God and that we all are in desperate, desperate need of Jesus. Let's pray together. God, thank you so much for your great love for us. We thank you that, that Jesus is the wisdom of God. We pray that you would help us to continue to grow in him, being found and rooted in him. I pray that this week you would help us to continue to grow in the grace and knowledge, knowledge of Jesus, to whom we give all glory, both now and forever. Amen. Amen. Thanks, friends. You're loved.